we're going to continue on a series that we began actually last week. Now, if you've been part of the church here so far this year, you know we've been uh, talking quite a bit about uh, getting healthier because uh, we felt the Lord saying that it's going to be the best year ever, but we need to be healthier as people. We need to have healthier homes, healthier churches, and a healthier community. And we are on healthier homes. So we kind of summarized it all last week. And today specifically, we're going to look at making healthier homes relationally. So we just touched on this last week. We're going to go a little bit deeper. You see, we need to make healthier homes relationally. And all of us who have a home can have a healthy home or an unhealthy home. I know maybe you're thinking, well, my home's a little sick. I had to get the plumber. That's not the kind of health we're talking about. But it is good to have your plumbing working, your furnace working. However, we're talking about the people in the home. And we're going to begin with singles or individuals. How can your home be healthy? Because if you're alone in your home and it's just you, there are things that can make your home healthy. We're going to talk about relationships here, obviously, as I stated. So what relationships does a single person have living at home alone? Well, they have friends. At least they should have friends. Okay, having friends is important. Do you know that having no friends at all is not healthy for you? And if you're going to have a healthy home, you need friends, people that will support you, people that encourage you. And so I want to say friends matter, but you need healthy friendships, Proverbs 13.20 says this, Keep company with the wise and you will become wise. If you make friends with stupid people, you will be ruined. Yes, that is quite the version. So don't make friends with people that are going to cause you to go their direction. The friends you choose matter. Now this can go for all adults, but especially singles, because it is important that you have friends, good friends. And the friends you choose will affect you. 1 Corinthians 15, says this. It says, do not be fooled. Bad companions ruin good character. Who are you choosing as your friends? Because the friends you choose, you kind of become like them in some ways. Think about it for a minute. If you've ever met a group of people that have hung out for a while, they kind of act the same, don't they? You know, they, they tell similar jokes. Uh, but if you get together with a group of people often and you find that they're, they complain a lot, or they're always upset about stuff, the more you hang out with them, you kind of become the same. It's just natural. That's what's being talked about, so you talk about it. Next time you get together, you're all talking about it. You know, whether you're complaining about politics or, you know, whatever it is. Now, the thing is, you could also be with a group of friends that would rather talk about what's going well, what's working, what exciting things, what's being a blessing and words that encourage. So choose your friends well. And those of you who are single, you need good friends who will build you up. As well, if you're single, you have a home, you need healthy boundaries. The scripture actually has a lot to say about healthy boundaries, but let me just give you a few. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1 and 2 says this. 
Now concerning the things of which you wrote to me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Single people, if you want a physical relationship, you'll have to be married. If you're not married, then you can have close friendships. Okay, that's just, the scripture says it, so you need healthy boundaries. If you're single, you can't have If you're a single lady, you can't have a guy just come stay at your house. Okay, you need boundaries that are healthy for you. So you set the boundaries. Hey, if a single guy is going to be at my house, then I'm going to have others around. Or we'll meet at a restaurant where there's public. You set boundaries that are healthy and will keep you healthy. Because nobody ever thinks it could happen to them. But without boundaries... Things go wrong. Titus 3 verse 10 says this, moving to other boundaries that are important. Really, these could be for all of us, but we're talking specifically for singles right now in their home. So Titus 3 verse 10. If people are causing divisions among you, give a first and second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with them. This is a boundary type of verse that's saying, hey, if someone is causing a lot of problems in your life, you have the right to set a boundary. You can say, no, I'm sorry, I can't meet with you. No, I'm sorry, you can't come over at such and such a time. It's not working. You know, sometimes as Christians, we feel we have to say yes to everybody. We feel that we can't say no, and if we do, we're a bad Christian. Well, that's not what Scripture says. And single people, you have to guard the health of your home, and that can mean with certain individuals, all right? We love everybody. We pray for everybody. But if someone is coming in, creating division for you, causing great problems, you have the right to say, I'm sorry, we can't be close, all right? And they're like, boy, this is a rough message. (laughs) Some of you are remembering times, 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6. Now we command you, believers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by his authority that you withdraw and keep away from every brother or sister who leads an undisciplined life and does not live in accordance with the tradition and teaching that you have received from us. Again, I put this verse in because this is direction about your boundaries with even other Christians. Because sometimes we're like, wow, they're a Christian, so everything's great. And what he's actually telling them here, there was uh, some stuff going on that was unhealthy, and nobody said anything about it, and everybody just acted like it was, oh well. And he's telling them, hey, if if somebody's living completely unhealthy, you have to say no to that friendship, because it will affect you. Let me try to give an example maybe that you could understand. So let's say someone comes to you and they're like, well, I'm a believer. You know, I believe in, in Jesus and uh, I'm a believer, but I'm going to come over to your house and uh, I'm going to bring a 12-pack of whatever. And let's have a ball. Wait a minute. And you're like, well, they're believers, so it should be fine. And then they get there and they pull out the weed. I thought you were a believer. I am. I believe in having fun. I don't know. 
listen, just because someone says they're a believer doesn't always mean they're living it. And for you, especially as single people, you have the right to say, hey, that's not going to work. I'm doing my best to serve God, and I came out of that stuff because I want a clear mind, and I don't want to wake up in the morning afraid of what I did or said. Okay, so you set boundaries, and I want to, I just threw that out there as a, a random thing. But I do know that in our day and age, there's all kinds of crazy things that happen. Now, again, you don't hate the person. You don't despise them. You pray for them. Maybe you could even encourage them and explain why that's not a healthy way to live if you're a Christian, if you're a believer. All right? So again, a right attitude. Couples also need healthy home relationships. And the first thing for couples in your home to have a healthy home relationship, you need healthy communication. Communication is the key. James 1 verse 19 to 20. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So this is one that is important to remember. As couples, we need to listen. We need to not get angry quickly. And let me speak to this for just a minute. Having good communication where you're hearing one another and talking it out can build your relationship and make it healthy. Having arguments, fights, usually just breaks one another down and doesn't accomplish what you wanted anyhow. Did you know yelling at someone for a long time doesn't change their mind? The couples are looking down, oh, I tried. (laughs) It really doesn't. But talking it out, communicating about it in a calm way most definitely helps. Okay, so I encourage couples actually make time to talk about things when you're not upset. Don't only talk about them once the fire gets lit. Actually, on purpose, make time. Hey, we need to talk later about, and then listen and talk about it, whatever it is. And if it gets to a point where you're starting to be like, just take a break. Say, hey, we should come back to this. Did you know you can't fix everything at that 10-minute yelling match? You just won't. You'll feel bad after. People are like, how does he know about this stuff? Okay. I have not always done it right. Guaranteed. My wife and I are growing in our relationship, and we've been married 26 years now. It'll be 27 this summer. It's right there. That's my my beautiful wife. And... I am going to be 100% honest with you here. She has been amazing and put up with a lot with me. I didn't realize how immature I was till about a month ago. No, anyways. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I was really immature in the relationship, and she put up with so much. But here we are growing together, and at the beginning of this year, we, we were chatting as the Lord was giving these messages in a series because we, we took him to ourselves, and the two of us were chatting together about stuff, you know, and we, we said, uh, you know, I'm going to work on this. And each of us were talking about the thing we want to get healthier with in our lives. Because even if you're a pastor, even if you've been married 27 years, you can get healthier. 
And I was like, this is so good because getting healthy begins with admitting it and communicating about it. And uh, so, yeah, just that's a little bit. We're growing in this as well. Healthy communication, Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You know, we, we talk about the relationship communication. I, I told you, yelling doesn't work. Getting angry doesn't work. Scripture made that clear. But this verse, I could say, is kind of the other side of the coin. Because sometimes people think, well, I'm not going to yell, and I'll be calm with my voice, but the words cut. Oh, I don't, I don't argue with my spouse. But you said something like, well, if you just weren't so lazy and cleaned the house. Well, your voice was calm, but you just crushed somebody. Well, if you were more like my mother, no. <laughs> don't ever say that. <laughs> but this, I want you to understand something. Just because you're not yelling, choose your words to build. Don't let them be words that cut. And I'll say this, for some you have a way with words. You've been gifted with it. It can be a powerful tool or a deadly weapon. Because that same person who's gifted to speak and make things happen can also, without even trying, hurt with their words because they're gifted with words. So if you're gifted with words, be doubly careful how you speak to those in your home and especially your spouse. And I want to say this at this point. We were talking about the yellers and we're talking about those kind of words. Well, you know, I grew up in a critical home, so we're just critical. That's just the way I am. That's just my personality. That's a bad excuse. It's not okay to have an excuse. Okay? Your past does not dictate how your future will be. Well, I grew up in a home where everybody talked really loud. You know, 12 people at the table. You had to shout to be heard, so I just shout. Ah, uh, 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 bad excuse. Well, I just come from a whatever background. Some people use that. Well, my nationality that I come from, they're all like that. Well, you shouldn't be. Listen, don't find excuses, find ways to get healthier. Okay? I just want to say that in your speech with one another, find ways to get healthier. Couples, You've got to make time to talk things through before you blow up, okay? Make time to do it. All right, healthy cooperation with couples in the home. Cooperation is also important. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 28. It's Paul again. You know, God had put him to put this, but let's look at it. But if you do marry, you have not sinned in doing so. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned in doing so. Yet those who marry will have troubles, special challenges in this life, and I'm trying to spare you that. All right, couples, I told you there's a verse that says that. If you get married, you will have troubles. But I like this version, special challenges. So you can tell people, my wife and I had a special challenge here earlier. <laughs> Just sounds so sweet. Special challenges, but you work through it. You see, when we get married, it's not that there will never be issues or troubles. 
A healthy marriage will have things where you disagree on things, where troubles come up. But the healthy marriage, the healthy home couple, has learned how to work through it. They've come up with a pattern of how we deal with it healthy. Unfortunately, a lot of times couples haven't figured that out. And instead, they have a pattern that's unhealthy. When it doesn't go well, I scream, I shout, I throw things. Or when it doesn't go well, I say nothing, I walk out and drive away. Deal with it. Those are unhealthy ways. Healthy ways are, you know what, this isn't working. We're both really upset right now. Let's talk about this in an hour. And let's just talk about it calmly. Healthy ways are, you know what? We've tried everything and it feels like we're just not working. Uh, You can call somebody and get some counseling. You can call smart people who know how to help you out. I was talking about actually counselors. You can also call a pastor. I'm not trained in couples counseling. I can give you some prayer and scripture and sometimes refer you to somebody who's a professional in that area. But if you want to be healthy, that's what you do. Pretending that everything's okay doesn't ever get you healthier. Did you know that? Pretending that in the natural, pretending that, oh, I don't have any health issues, but every time you walk, you're like, nope, everything's wonderful. You're not going to get healthier. Okay? The same with couples. Let's get healthy. Healthy cooperation. There will be challenges But a healthy couple figures out how to talk and work through the challenges. You decide as a couple how you're going to do it. All right? So, let me give you some homework, couples. For date night this week. Oh, there's some of you like, date night? What is that? Date night this week. Okay? Even if it's not Valentine's, you already got something planned. Have a specific time to talk with another about something. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Get together where you're calm, and you're going to ask the question of your spouse. Is there anything that you've been wanting to talk to me about that you haven't felt you could? Because today you can. Both ways, and then you're going to listen. Men, I'm going to tell you right now, don't try to fix it. Okay? If you've asked that kind of question, she wants you to hear and feel what she's feeling. Fixing can happen at another time. I can just tell you that, okay? <laughs> what do I mean by that? Start to say something. Oh, it's not really like that. Oh, that's just all in your head. That is not listening. That is asking for a fight. Just listen and understand. Healthy cooperation, Matthew seven twelve. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. I brought this one in because sometimes couples forget. Your spouse is also someone else who you should treat like you want to be treated. I'm not sure why we forget that. We don't forget that at work. We don't forget that when we're dealing with other people, but sometimes it's forgotten with spouses. Treat them well, just the way you want to be treated. You can't be like, well, we're married now, so... I heard about an older gentleman. He was getting a little bit of counseling and... His wife was like, he never says I love you. He never tells me I love you. And the old guy was like, 
I told you when we got married, if anything changes, I'll let you know. <laughs> Don't do that, all right? Women need to hear it. Even if you know, you're never changing your mind. They need to hear it. All right. Ephesians 4, 32, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Husbands, wives, kindness, compassion, and forgiveness will allow you to have a healthy marriage. Okay? Shouting, demanding, pushing, forcing, those are not words that you heard in there, are they? Kindness, compassion, forgiveness. Did you know you don't always have to be right? Did you know you can be right and ask forgiveness? Well, there's one. Because you can be right and hurt somebody. Did you know that? So, let me just, you don't always have to be right. That's kind of a big shift from when you're single to when you become a couple. Because when you were single, you made all the decisions and you were always right. As a couple, now you've got to make them together, and it's okay to not be right. Healthy intimacy. We're going to go over this pretty quick, but it is a part of having a healthy home when you're a couple. 1 Corinthians 7, 3. A man should fulfill his duty as a husband, and a woman should fulfill her duty as a wife, and each should satisfy the other's needs. So we're not going to go deep into this uh, obviously, there's some young people with us and stuff as well, so we're careful on this, but it is an important part of a couple's relationship, and there should be a mutual meeting of needs. It should not be one-sided, and this is also an area, couples, there should be communication. Have a time where you talk with one another about this. Don't just be frustrated or whatever happens in this type of thing. So make sure with healthy industry, there's talk about it, and it's not just one-sided. Hebrews 13.4, marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Okay, if you want a healthy physical relationship, you need to be married. That was like just quiet. Let me say that again. If you want to have a healthy physical relationship, you need to be married. That's what scripture says. Wow, you guys really didn't shout the place down on that. <laughs> Woo, that means I have to talk about it a little more because people are like, <sighs> um, it says God will judge. Another scripture says you don't make uh, the kingdom of heaven if you choose to do it that way. That's the truth. You, you want me to give you the truth or do you want me to make you feel good? There's a couple people just make me feel good. This is, this is tough. Hey, that's scripture. It's for your good because God knows what's best for us. So make sure, know that, do it. I realize we're in a culture where things are very different. Okay, I realize that. I realize that there's a younger generation that is just like, well, it's kind of just like having a close friend and you just, whatever you want. But I can tell you that is extremely unhealthy and we are seeing young adults who are broken and almost unable to have a healthy relationship. They're broken, they're confused. People have taken a piece of them here and there. They've given a piece of themselves here and there. They don't even know how to have a healthy relationship anymore. 
Then there are those that are like, you know what? I'm putting my life on the right track, and I want to get married. And they look around, and the people that are messaging them or trying to invite them out don't want that at all because it takes commitment and hard work. But you know what? The rewards of commitment and hard work are amazing. I tell you, I love being married to my wife. It is the best decision I ever made. And the best decision she ever made. Well, I'll let her say that. But anyhow, (laughs) totally, commitment and work bring reward. So I want to encourage you today, speak the truth with your children. You talk to your kids about this stuff. Talk to them, encourage them. And if you're in a position where you're struggling in this area, come talk with the pastor, get prayer, and we will pray for you. I found out prayer works. Did you know that? Somebody's saying, I want to do it the way God wants, and I do want in my future to be married. Prayer works. God has a way of setting things up for you. He did for my wife and I. I, Do I have time to tell a little bit of that story? Just a little bit. Because some of you are probably wondering, how did someone, you know, like you get to marry a woman like that amazing? Well, let me tell you how it happened. Long ago. (laughs) 27, no, it was quite a few years ago. I'll just let you know, when I was about 15 and in my teenage years, I was part of a uh, Christian gospel band. And we had this family band and I was the lead guitar player uh, and did some singing and had really long hair and it was a mullet. Can you believe it? I would have been back in style. Okay. We traveled around to a lot of different places and one of the places we traveled, there was a family there who I actually didn't even say hello to, but there was a young lady there who she was like, you know what, Lord? I want to marry that guy. And so she went to prayer about it She prayed about it, and she had a dream that night that she was married to me. So she told the Lord, this is at a tent meeting, and I never ever said hello to her because she was young. She was a kid. And she told the Lord, if that's really you, Lord, when we go into the tent today, I want him to sing my favorite song. Well, God has a way of doing things that I would never know until many years later. And I sang a brand new song, and I happened to be singing it. And I didn't lead all the songs. My sister did most of them. And so we sang a song. And she decided, okay, that's good. We didn't know the family. They didn't know us. And we lived in Rocky Mountain House. They lived in Slave Lake or Grand Prairie at the time or somewhere else. Okay. (laughs) They moved around a bit. Anyhow, a number of years later, so I was probably at that time about 17 or 18, when I was 25, That's a lot of years. Seven years later, uh, I end up looking for work in the Slave Lake area because my brother's up here. And I connected with their family. I ended up traveling with her dad doing evangelism. And in those days, because I was really focused on ministry, I found the best way to not get distracted by girls was to ignore them. I just ignored them. It was the only way that would work for me. So <laughs> They were probably like, what a rude guy. But anyhow, <laughs> nice mullet, but rude. Anyhow, that was how I did it. But we were at this meeting while I was traveling with the family. And, of course, they took up the whole row. And there was 
we did a song up front with the family, and we sat down on the row. There was only one chair at the end, so I sat there, and Beatrice just happened to be sitting there. And this guy gets up to preach, and he's about to start, and he looks, are you two married? And she went, and I went, and he goes, oh, just letting you know, one day you'll be married. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those kind of meetings. Woo. Anyhow, <laughs> I kind of just wrote it off, you know, don't know who the guy was. We were in British Columbia, didn't know anybody there. We went from that meeting to another meeting further uh, west in British Columbia. And while we were there, meeting finished and everybody had to go over to brother so-and-so's house to eat food. And I was like, house meeting after church. Yeah, everybody eats. And while we're standing in the lineup, some random stranger comes walking up to me and he says, I just wanted you to know that one day, and she happened to be in the lineup behind me, one day you two are going to be married. And I'm like, again? And she turns around and walks out. <laughs> she didn't have any food. <laughs> I'm like, well, that definitely isn't going to be happening. But I do remember thinking, what? Now, obviously God knew I needed a lot of encouragement, a lot of waking up. After those set of meetings, I came back to Slave Lake and I talked with my uh, older brother. He's passed on uh, now, but I talked with him. And I said, this crazy stuff happened. And he says, well, what would be wrong with that? Well, I'm quite a bit older, you know. And, and he goes, well, what about that dream you told me about when you were 18 years old? And I've had about two dreams in my life that I remember and I knew they were from God. And... I won't tell you the dream because I'm going to run out of time. But God showed me my future, that I'd be in ministry, that I'd have a wife and kids. And all I saw of the person who was my wife because she was in front of me. I was actually seeing myself older and she was in front of me was her hand. She was praising the Lord. And I remember because when I told my uh, brother the dream, I said, and the hand was small and it was tan color. So when I'm talking to him, he says, remember that dream? What did her hand look like? It's like, good point. I'll go look at her hand and see if she's the one. <laughs> Not quite like that. Anyhow, so <laughs> the point is, God can do anything. So for those of you who have decided, I'm going to do this right, don't give up hope. Don't think it's impossible. Everybody else just wants to be crazy and fool around. Do not give up hope. If you've made up your mind, you talk to him. He has got somebody. I guarantee. All right? Whew. I feel really good right now telling that story. Thank you, my dear. <clears throat> All right. Children in the home. So we did singles, couples. A lot of homes have kids. And children also need to have healthy home relationships. One of the first ones, Ephesians 6, 1 to 4. Children, it is your Christian duty to obey your parents, for this is the right thing to do. Respect your father and mother is the first commandment that has a promise added so that all may go well with you and you may live long, a long time in the land. Parents, do not treat your children in such a way as to make them angry. Instead, raise them with Christian discipline and instruction. All right, communication between kids and between parents. Kids should show respect. Kids should be able to talk in a way that they show that they care about their parents. And parents also, the way we communicate, shouldn't be causing them to get angry. How are we communicating? Are we communicating in a way that lifts them up, builds them up, or are we simply shutting them down because we're tired and they're bugging us? 
Really important how we do that. Listen to Proverbs 15.1. A gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. The way we speak to one another, even at home, or to our kids, can cause them to flare, to become angry. So I want to just encourage you as parents, think about, even when you're correcting, is this going to build them or cause it to be a wall between us, especially your teenagers, if you have teenagers? How can you do it in a way that builds and encourages them, not just creates fights? Proverbs 16.24 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Can I say this? Practice kind words. If it's not something you received as a kid, you might not know how to do it. Practice it. Actually, think about it. When I see the kids here after school, what can I say that would be kind? Because maybe in the past it's always like, they get home, did you do your homework? Were you good at school? Have you cleaned your room? Did you do your other chore? And then at the end of the night, Lord, give them a good sleep. Good night. Maybe you forgot that because you were tired. Practice. Think about what can I say that would build them up? Because the times for correction are just going to happen. You don't have to think about those. The times for, did you do, it's just going to happen. But purposefully think about how you can encourage, what you can do to be kind. Think about it right now. What would you say to your son? You know, you're really good at sports. You know, instead of, they're tearing the room up again. How come your clothes are always covered in mud? Now, you are really good at sports. God gave you that passion for doing things. Here's a vacuum. No. (laughs) Make sure you're building them. Make sure you're finding things to say. So think about that as well. What can you say to build them up? All right, I'm going to continue. Proverbs 17, 27. He who has knowledge restrains and is careful with his words. And a man of understanding and wisdom has a cool spirit. All right, so... We're talking parents to kids in this verse. Are you able to stay calm? Because freaking out and yelling at kids doesn't work either. Okay, just like it doesn't work for couples, it doesn't work. What happens most times is there's a little fear kicks in for them and they tune you out. Not even on purpose, it just will happen. Or instead of fear, a little bit of anger kicks in and they want to go toe-to-toe with you different personalities, but that's not the outcome you want. You want cooperation. You want to be able to have your kids hearing and understanding and having a parent-child relationship. And that can't happen if we lose our cool. It can't happen if we're not careful with our words. Children also need healthy connections. And we mentioned this before. They can't just be shut in a room and never have friends or no connections at all, but they need to be healthy. Proverbs 22, 24 says, Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people, or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. The friends you choose matter. Proverbs 18, 24, There are friends who destroy each other, but a friend sticks closer, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. Your kids need real friends. I'm going to say this right now. Young people need real friends. There is a situation right now with technology where 
Young people have so-called friends online, social media friends, but they're not real friends. And sometimes they're not friends at all. They need real friends. Did you know giving your children a cell phone with no restrictions is a guarantee for them to fall into a huge amount of trouble? They will. No, not my child. They will. Because even if they don't want to, their friends will send them stuff so that they can fall into it. Phones without restrictions is a bad idea. Only online friends is not healthy. Your children need real people friends. And young people, that is not actually Justin Bieber emailing you, okay? I can't think of any other names or I'd pick some. I'm not young enough. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> it's likely a scam to try to suck you in for the wrong reasons. And young men, that girl doesn't actually like you. She's hoping to make money off you. You're getting messages, oh, you're so cute. Block them. I want to encourage you. Have your children have real friends. Show them how. Because if we don't, they're in big trouble. They don't understand reality. You see, real people, you can hear the tone in their voice. You can feel their emotion. You can get a sense of what's real. But online, people can fake and take you down a trail you don't want to go. So let me encourage you. Parents, if you've given your kids phones, do you know what they're watching on there? Have you even checked? Did you put restrictions on it? You can put restrictions so they can't get adult content. Did you know that? You can put time restrictions so it shuts off at a certain time so they're not all night long on their phones. Do it. They'll thank you later even if they're mad at you now. Okay? I know there's some parents right now going... Maybe I should put restrictions on mine. You can also put restrictions on your own phone. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. And if you need to get your wife to put the password, go for it. Restrictions are healthy. Boundaries. What did we just talk about? You want to be healthy? You have to have boundaries. Okay? And healthy homes, you, you can't have all the walls taken off and anybody who wants can come running through your home. That's what online without restrictions is for your kids. It's like, I'm going to keep you safe in my home, but all the doors and everything is wide open. Even your room is wide open. Oh, we forgot to tell you, don't be FaceTiming while you're changing. What kind of world do we live in? Put the walls back up. Keep your kids safe. Set some boundaries. All right, extended family, healthy home relationships. We didn't even talk about this at all. Extended family in your home can be healthy or it can be unhealthy. So let me just say a couple things about this and then I am closing. First of all, you can't forget your extended family. 1 Timothy 5.8 says, those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Context. He's talking to them here about the widows. You see, in that day and time, Somebody who was a widow, their husband passed, they had no way of making a living or eating. And so the church was looking after a lot of widows, and Paul is telling the people, hey, if you have a widow in your family, look after them. 
What are you, why are you not taking care and helping them? But he definitely says here, don't forget your relatives. If you're able to help relatives, you should. But I want to say this, the context is most definitely saying, don't forget your own house first. So let me give you the next verse, then I'll explain that a little more before we close. Remember, I'm going to talk to husbands and wives right now. Your first responsibility is your immediate family, not your extended family. Scripture clearly says when you got married, you left and you cleft. No, leave and cleave. You leave mom and dad to get become one with your spouse. One, becoming one. That means you are now much closer than mom and dad. Let me read a verse to you right now. Matthew 19, 4. Haven't you read the scripture? Jesus replied, they record that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one since there are no longer two but one. Let no one split apart what God has joined together. Okay, you have become one. Nobody else is closer to you than your spouse. Not your mom, not your dad, not your uncle. If you're a couple and you have to run stuff by your mom first when your husband talks to you, that's unhealthy. If husband says, well, I don't know, I'm going to check with my mom first, that's unhealthy. We're not to forget, but our families come first. And to have a healthy home, I've got to bring up one last point. When it comes to relatives, I want to say this, your home matters most. If you have relatives asking to move in, it is a prayer item first. It is a prayer item for both of you. You pray about it, you know about it, because you are required to first look after your family. And if you bring somebody in who is unsafe, you bring somebody in who causes problems between your marriage, or you bring somebody in who hurts your children, you did not do the will of God by helping them out. I want to say this for a healthy home. Couples, you pray about these things. You make sure your home is healthy first. Do not risk it. I have heard way too many stories. And if someone in, in a relative is trying to guilt you, oh, you're so horrible, you won't, you won't, you can tell them, hey, I must look after my family first. And right now, this is all we can do. Whatever it takes, down the road, it matters. You find a way that you can help them without them being in your home if you need to. Find a way. Do not sacrifice your kids to supposedly help a relative. If you're not paying your bills because you're giving all your money to mom or dad or Uncle Joe, that's not okay. Man, this must be some tough preaching. Everybody's just looking at me. Healthy homes happen on purpose, not by accident. Just like you become healthy by on purpose doing the hard stuff on purpose doing the exercise, on purpose saying no to the ice cream and sugar donuts, on purpose your homes become healthy when you stand up and say, we will have a healthy home. And man, healthy feels good. 
We're talking about health. We're talking about healthy relationships. The most important relationship there is is a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you've never asked him to forgive you, to come into your life, you are missing out on the greatest relationship of all time. You are missing out on the greatest health of all time, the health for your spirit, mind, and body. You see, Jesus came and paid a price on a cross for you and I that we could be forgiven, that we could be healed, that we could be whole. And it's really easy to begin that relationship. It's simply a prayer. Simply a prayer that says, Lord, I believe you're real and you died for me. It's simply believing in your heart and speaking it with your mouth and a new relationship begins. So we're going to do that today here in case there's one who has not done it. In case there's someone here who says, you know what, I need to do that. I need to get back with him. We're going to give you that opportunity now. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. I ask you now, forgive me of all my sin. Make me new. I thank you, Jesus. I am saved. Amen. Give God praise for that. 